Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Hello there. Welcome once again to the Gary Zimak Show. I'm your host. You guessed it, Gary Zimak, and I'm so glad that you decided to stop by today as we look at the Mass readings for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Can you believe that? We're already on the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, and in a few short weeks, believe it or not, we're going to be starting Lent. Uh, you know, it's it's just amazing how fast time goes sometimes. But it's all good. We will talk in the weeks to come about Lent, about preparing, so that when we, we, when we do enter into the Lenten season, you are going to be ready to go. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about God speaks to us. He speaks to us. We can hear his voice. That's the message that comes through as we look at the readings for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Before we begin our show, before we pray, I just want to let you know what a pleasure it is to join you each week. And I want to thank you for the letters, the emails, the donations that you've been sending my way. It means so much to me. And, you know, I I see when I do this program, I sit in front of the microphone and I literally see you sitting across from me. I really do. So thank you for reaching out. Please continue to do so. Email me at Gary at following the truth.com. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know where you're listening from. It really means a lot. And uh, again, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to do this. As I've said to you before, I, I plan to keep doing this as long as the Lord allows me to do it. So again, thank you for stopping by. Why don't we pray and then we'll get right into the mass readings in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, dear Father in heaven, what a, what a privilege and honor it is to be able to address you in prayer. You know, Father, this show is all about hearing your voice, about the fact that you speak to us. Sometimes we have trouble hearing you. And Father, I pray that throughout this program, or as a result of this program, 
we will all be able to better understand how you speak to us because you do speak to us. You're a loving father. You created us to be in a relationship with you. So it only makes sense that you will speak to us or that you would speak to us. And we know that you do father. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for allowing us to speak with you. It's kind of amazing. You are the God of the universe. You created the entire universe out of nothing. You maintain the universe because if it wasn't for your care, if it wasn't for your intervention, the world, the universe would cease to exist. But yet you still always have time for us. Thank you so much for that great privilege to be able to have this time with you. Thank you for letting us call you Father. And we're so thankful that you sent Jesus into the world to become our brother, to redeem us, to make it possible for you to adopt us as your children, and to make it possible for us to know you. Thank you, Father, for allowing that to happen. We give to you all of our cares, all of our concerns, all of our worries this day. We ask you to accept them. Please handle them for us. Let us know if there's anything we need to do. But in the meantime, Father, we trust you. We trust that you will continue to provide for us as you've done every minute since we were first conceived. We're still here. And that shows just how much you care. Father, I ask you to send a special outpouring of your spirit this day. Please give me the words that I'm supposed to speak. Please open all of our minds and all of our hearts to hear and respond to your message. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you know what? Um, it is just such a pleasure not only to be able to be with you and to talk about the Word of God, we're going to open up the Scriptures, we're going to talk about the Scriptures, but to be able to pray with you. We are geographically separated, but yet we're all together. Isn't that cool? And, and we can together address our Father in Heaven. You and me, we've got a common Father. And, and that's just an amazing thing. We may never have met in person, but yet we are related we have a common father in heaven. Um, so that's really great. And again, my name is Gary Zimek. This is the Gary Zimek show. We do come to you once each week. And uh, I'm grateful for, you know, I, I can't say that enough. I am just grateful for your support. I'm grateful for your prayers. Hope you know I pray for you every day. And I'm grateful for your donations. At the end of every program, I always ask you, if you'd like to see my work continue, please consider donating. And and you come through. So So I'm surviving. Praise be to God. I am surviving in a very tough economic climate. I don't need to tell you that. But for those of us in, in full-time ministry, it's especially challenging right now because there is very little speaking work available. And um, so I'm grateful for your support, for your donations. I want to I remind you, too, as we approach Lent, um, my book, Give Up Worry for Lent, we're going to shift to a Lenten theme and we'll, we will be, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the book as we go through the Lenten season. 
And in fact, on my daily podcast, Following the Truth, I'm going to be using each day's meditation and sort of elaborating on them a little bit. So if, you, if you'd like to have a daily walk through Lent with yours truly, don't forget to check out the Following the Truth podcast. But the reason I want to mention Give Up Worry for Lent is God has blessed me with this book. This book has sold out for the past two years. So it's climbing the charts again. It's right up. It was a number one bestseller on Amazon last week in the Easter holiday category. And um, it's headed back up there again. The book is doing very well. I don't want you to get shut out if you want to get a copy of the book. So I would recommend you do that as soon as possible. Now, the easiest way to get your copy of the book is to use my website, followingthetruth.com. And when you go there, you'll see a button that advertises Give Up Worry for Lent. You click on that. It will take you into Amazon, and then you can order the book uh, right there. That's the easiest way to do it. If you want to go directly to Amazon, you can do it that way as well. But I try to make it easy for you by sending you through my website. I would also encourage you to um, consider signing up for my daily reflection, my email reflection, Uh, It's called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, and we will really shift to give up worry for Lent during the Lenten season. So what the way it worked last year is what um, what I will do. I did it exclusively on Facebook last year, but this year I'm going to do it on the email as well. What I will do is every day there's from Give Up Worry for Lent, there's a little meditation, uh, Bible verse and reflection. I'll be adding to that through my email. So you're going to get a little enhanced version of it, a little insight as to why I wrote what I did. And hopefully it's uh, it's more of a you and me walking through Lent together, which is exactly what I'm going for. So you got the book, you've got the email, you've got the daily podcast, and once a week we'll come together. You know, it's a good thing we like each other, right? Because we're going <laughs> we're gonna to be seeing or hearing a lot of one another. Followingthetruth.com. That's my website. That's the place to go to find out about the book, the email, and anything else about my work, okay? Um, Okay, so let's talk about these readings. Fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, God speaks to us. And and look, if, if you struggle with that, if you struggle and say, God doesn't speak to me, you are very much in good company. So many of us have struggled that or continue to struggle with that at one time or another. My goal for this show is to help maybe make it a little clearer that he does speak to you, and here's how. That's really what we're going to go for on today's program. So we begin with the Gospel of Mark. We always start with the Gospel. If you're new to this show, we always start with the Gospel. We let the Gospel lead the way. That's the way the church wants it. The Gospel is has a place of prominence in the Bible. So the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, have a place of prominence. It's all the inspired Word of God, but the Gospel is extra special. So we'll start with the Gospel. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Let's, let's read it, and we'll, we'll discuss a little bit about it. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. Now remember, this is at the beginning of his public ministry. Mark's gospel gets started right in chapter one. Jesus is out there healing and doing things and, you know, miracles are occurring. He starts right away. And this is, we see this. Jesus came to Capernaum and on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and he taught. The people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And, and you know, you, you, and, you and I, we are used to the idea that Jesus is speaking 
on behalf of, of God. And we recognize that he is God. But at the time when he walked the face of the earth, some people were struggling with that. They were waiting for the Messiah, but they found many different reasons to not believe him or to question him or to be skeptical. And, and there's something to be said for a healthy skepticism. You know, we shouldn't just take anybody's word for anything. But Jesus really did and said things which should have given him a lot of credibility, but still some people didn't want to hear what he had to say. But here we see that he is teaching as someone with authority. You know, there's something special about him. People recognize that whether they wanted to hear him or not was another story. But there was something special about Jesus when he taught. In a synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Here, here's something interesting to think about. Even the evil ones, even an evil, even the evil ones, Satan or his helpers, evil spirits, even they know who Jesus is. They recognize him. That's pretty powerful. You know, there's more to being a follower of Christ than just knowing who he is. That's that's a pretty tough message, isn't it? Because even the evil one knows who Jesus is. But the difference between somebody who knows who Jesus is and somebody who follows him is just that. A follower of Jesus not only knows who he is, but follows him. That's what the evil one did not do. And that's what the spirit is crying out. He knows who Jesus is. Now, Jesus rebuked him and said, quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. Now, here's the interesting thing. At early in his career, people were astonished and amazed and very interested in Jesus, what he did, what he said, the healings he performed, when he, he commanded unclean spirits to leave people. They were amazed. Over time... He started to annoy them because he he raised the bar and he challenged them. And for us, this is this is a, a constant source of potential trouble in our lives as well. We like Jesus. And please understand that I am accusing myself of this more than anybody. We all like the good things Jesus has to say. We like the cozy comfy messages but once he starts telling you and me especially me that I have to love people who hate me that I have to carry my cross every day that I have to put others ahead of myself then I start to get a little annoyed it's only natural that's our instinct Jesus proclaims a pretty tough message. But the good news is, if we follow him, 
if we really follow him, if we really put him first, we're going to have a lot of peace in this world, no matter what's going on around us. And we also have the promise of eternal life with him in heaven when this world is done. It's tough, though. You know, it's not always be not afraid. Peace, I leave you. I give you my peace. I'm going to take care of you. I promise you rest. It's not always that. You know that. So let's continue to pray for the grace. Lent is coming up and we got to look at things like this. Let's pray for the grace to follow him wherever he leads. If he leads us into the storm, we'll accept it and say, okay, Jesus, you got us in the storm for a reason. What are you trying to teach us? Rather than, I can't stand this storm. What are you doing to me? You know, so let's let's work on that. Let's try to be open to him speaking to us. Recognizing that he speaks with authority, that he speaks on behalf of God, the father. Let's look at the first reading and we'll see a little uh, sub. We'll see the, the gospel being supplemented with the first reading as well. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Moses spoke to all the people saying, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin. To him you shall listen. Now listen, who do you think Moses is talking about here? Thousands of years before the birth of Christ, he's talking about Jesus. He's going to raise up a prophet from your own kin and you'll listen to him. This is exactly what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, lest we die. And the Lord said to me, now remember, this is Moses talking. This was well said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kin and will put my words into his mouth. He shall tell them all that I command him. Whoever will not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will make him answer for it. But if a prophet presumes to speak in my name, an oracle that I have not commanded him to speak or speaks in the name of other gods, he shall die. Now, without getting sidetracked, Moses is really the message Moses is is essentially delivering is that there's going to be a prophet, somebody speaking on behalf of God. He's coming. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus. And you should listen to him because he speaks with authority. You know, and, and a lot of times people will have problems with the teaching of the church, right? Even though Christ authorized his church He founded his church on the leadership of St. Peter, and he speaks through his church. As Catholics, we believe that the word of God is the written word of God, the Bible, and the teaching of the church. So you have a, a, a twofold teaching, twofold word of God, the teaching of the church and the, 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 the written word in the gospels. That's authority. And when we start questioning, and we do sometimes, sometimes it's more, we're more emphatic than others, but we want to be careful about that because this is how God is speaking to us, mainly through the Bible and through his church. So that's important for us. 
And the good news is we don't have to go through life trying to figure out everything on our own. I wonder what God would want me to do. Well, we've got this basis, this teaching. Sometimes there's gray areas. Sometimes we have to pray about it. Sometimes the decision is not clear cut. Do I take this new job? Do I get married? You know, do I make, do I leave this other job? What should I do with my future? You know, these, these are decisions that we have to pray about. But for the most part, many of our decisions are, are, or, or should be made very clear through the teaching through the, through the word of God, through either the, the sacred scriptures or sacred tradition, which is the teaching of the church. This responsorial Psalm. Okay. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting at mass, maybe listening to the readings and all of a sudden something hits me. Jesus will be talking about love your enemy. It's like, ah, not what I wanted to hear today. Right. <laughs> But if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Again, that's scripture. The inspired word of God. Excuse me, I have to take a sip of my water. I feel a cough coming on. All right, come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. Come, let us bow down in worship. Excuse me. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us, for he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. Now, remember, how could he guide us unless he spoke to us? Isn't that good? We don't have to figure things out that much. We know what we're supposed to do. A lot of times, I don't want to do it, though. And a lot of times, I don't even realize I don't want to do it. I think we all got to be careful about that. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now, just to follow up a little bit on this theme of Jesus teaching with the authority of the Father, and he he does, Jesus commands us not to worry in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, you may know that's a subject that is near and dear to my heart, because I'm somebody who has always struggled with anxiety. And I've written many books on overcoming worry with the help of Jesus. Jesus tells us not to worry. He tells us we should trust our Heavenly Father. And that's one of those messages that's easy to just brush off and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe this Lent, it's time to start taking it seriously. We're all going to slip up from time to time. But he said it for a reason. You know, and again, If Jesus said it, we can't just brush it off. He said a lot of things that are easy to just let go in one ear and out the other. So maybe we should be a little careful about that and really accept this, this, um, this word as spoken in scripture. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, listen to him. Second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians chapter seven. Verse 32 through 35. Now, you know, it's funny. I, I forgot about this second this uh, second reading and how it starts when I just said what I said about worry. And I've opened many of my talks with the way this reading opens with, with the first verse, first Corinthians chapter seven, verse 32. 
Ready? Okay, this is the word of God, Holy Spirit inspired, right? So God's speaking to us. I should like you to be free from anxieties. Oh, right. So that's God telling us, I don't want you to worry. Jesus said, don't worry. What do we do? We worry. You know, and and we'll, we'll talk about this more in the weeks ahead, but we can't control our, our emotions. The emotion of fear, you can't control that. But what you can control is what you do with that fear. You can take that fear and turn it into prayer, or you can just worry that this is never going to work out, that God's not going to provide. Doesn't matter how you feel. It matters what you do with that feeling. God wants you to be free from anxieties. Therefore, that tells you it's possible, right? An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord. Now, listen, hang on. If, if, if you're married, if you're not married, just, just chill for a minute because this is going to sound pretty bizarre, but I'll explain it. An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is anxious about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy in both body and spirit. A married woman, on the other hand, is anxious about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I am telling you this for your own benefit, not to impose a restraint upon you, but for the sake of propriety and adherence to the Lord without distraction. Okay, so St. Paul Uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit is not saying don't get married. There's something wrong with marriage. He's not saying that. He's just presenting a fact. I am married. I have a wife. I have a family. And I am obligated. God wants me to focus on the things pertaining to my family. He wants me to take care of my family. In fact, that's how I love him primarily through my family. But he's also talking about the benefit of not having to deal with family issues. Now, if anything, this is a a very strong, I think, argument in support of celibacy for priests and religious because they are strictly focused on the things of the Lord. They don't have some of the difficulties, the family responsibilities and difficulties that I have. So, you know, take this any way you want. But understand that Paul's saying, I'm not trying to put a restraint upon you. I'm not telling you you shouldn't get married, but I'm just letting you know that there is some degree of distraction involved that comes about because we have families, because we are in the world. You know, those of us who are uh, in the lay state and just know that that it's there. But at the same time, don't get distracted by the material concerns and difficulties of life to the point where you lose sight of God. Just know that these distractions are there. But he speaks to us clearly. And that's the good thing. God speaks to us clearly through readings like this. And my takeaway for this reading is I want you to be free of anxieties. So if God's saying that to me, then I know it's possible. And understand that this really is, this entire reading is very much in support of, of, of celibacy. And, and it's, you know, that's something that in the Catholic Church is, is really under attack. Understand that there is a good, there's a benefit that, that flows from this. I used to work in a church and I would see how the priest would run in and run out to help people. 
So there is a benefit and we need to pray for our priests and our religious sisters because they really give up a lot to serve us, you know? So we are just about out of time. The message today is primarily God speaks to us. We can hear his voice. And if we listen to Jesus speak through scriptures, through the church, we're going to know what we should do in life. If you have any questions, please contact me at Gary at following the That's my email address. And hey, if you're able to help me out by becoming a monthly sponsor or by sending a one time donation my way, I'm telling you, it would really, really be appreciated. And it's very much needed now. So if you're able to do that, I would ask you to go to following the Click on donate and you can donate securely, become a monthly sponsor or make a one-time donation through PayPal. If you're able to do that, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. You've come through for me so many times, and uh, I don't like to ask, but I really have to in order to be able to keep going forward with my work. Don't forget to visit followingthetruth.com for more information about the work that I do and to pick up a copy of Give Up Worry for Lent. God willing, I'm going to be back with you next week here on The Gary Zimak Show. I'm going to be praying for you, too. Please pray for me as well. Have a great week. See you next time. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at CatholicSingles.com. 